HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Tillit, the style leader in hospitality workwear and hotel and restaurant uniforms. Learn more at tillitnyc.com. Meet and Three is back. We're kicking off our fourth season and celebrating HRN's 10th anniversary with a very special episode about our home, Brooklyn. Roberta's was such an interesting place with such a strong gravitational pull. It attracted all these different groups. The neighborhood has changed a lot over the past decade, from its culinary renaissance to the complicated implications of gentrification. I would say the majority of the people who are members of our co-op definitely have a certain purchasing power, are mostly white, and we are trying to change that. We're taking you on a journey that spans the birthplace of food radio to buzzy neighborhood pollinators to the transformative health journey of our borough president. That was my moment of, you know, wow, someone has thrown me a life raft and I'm going to take it. Subscribe to Meet in 3, that's M-E-A-T plus sign T-H-R-E-E, available wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, everybody, welcome to the show, Life's a Banquet, the show that's edible, spreadable, and Zara, horrible, starring your hosts, me, Brett and Scott, and me, Zara Tangora, a show about chocolate, and wine, and bread, champagne, and scandal, and crackers in bed. I'm drunk! <laughs> Always. Life's a banquet, life's a banquet, life's a banquet, life's a banquet. Consider it done. Welcome to Life's a Banquet, a podcast about the highs and lows of all things edible, spreadable, and Breton. Horrible. And speaking of horrible, I'm pouring a cocktail into my mouth. Oh, ki- mm. actually, no, don't tell the, don't tell the listeners yet Mm-mm. what kind we're drinking. Mystery it's cocktail the of the day. Welcome, everybody. In case you're just tuning in, the Zara Tangora and myself, Breton Scott, uh, are two uh, world-famous global celebrities um, out to change the world, the Slash. food media world of uh, cooking, drinking, and eating, as we know it from this point forward. Slash janitors here at Roberta's Pizza. <laughs> Second job, no Sla- problem. Yeah, Slash volunteer, whatever we can uh, make a buck on. Does anyone need the backseat of your car washed <laughs> yeah. out? I also am available. <laughs> I'm <laughs> also available for um, house cleaning, birthday for parties, lawn mowing, birthday parties, accordion, <laughs> fake clown. What else do I do? Honestly, like Every, if you were yeah. you if you were a birthday party clown, you'd probably absolutely crush it. I'm just saying. But I'd be the sad birthday party clown that when he leaves, he 
I, you know, has the tear in his eye. I think that you would be the happy one, but you would also be the one that ended up like in the bathroom, perhaps like blowing the kid's dad. Oh, I, <laughs> all right. So anyway, moving forward from, I'm not available anymore for. Zara just sorry, Preston. sabotaged my career. <laughs> What's um, going on with you, Brad? What have you been cooking? Well. This week, I actually, I had a couple, it's, you know, it's starting to get nice. We're still in that shoulder season. Sure, there's some asparagus at the market here on the East Coast of New York. Mm-hmm. Um, I made, you know, just, you know what, when vegetables first come out, I love to just eat them. You know I mean? The new simple thing, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, like, what are you going to make with that? And I'm like, I'm going to steam some asparagus. I'm going to squeeze some lemon and butter on it, and that's it. Yeah. And I like to taste the purity of our of the spring, if you know what I mean. I do. <laughs> I do wink, know what you wink. mean. <laughs> so does that kid's dad's birthday party. <laughs> no, I agree with you. I feel the same way. Sometimes I'll even just get real crazy and just uh, nibble an asparagus raw. Oh, yeah. Well, as, as you probably know, ramp season has probably almost come and left. They're still yeah. there, but I'm kind of like... I'm a little ramped out. Kind of like ramped man. Ramp, honestly. right? Do you guys know what ramps are? Ramps are wild leeks. They look like, they look like lilies of the valley. Yeah, kinda, they, right. They <laughs> look like Anne of Green Gables. And the name does not match the leaf. You're like ramp. Like it sounds so unappetizing. Like oh, let's have some ramp exactly, pasta. Like yeah. I don't want a ramp. It sounds like a dirty sex act. Yeah, or like the wheelchair ramp. I don't know what's wrong with me this morning. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. <laughs> I, Therapist? I, yes, she's acting up. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, what else did I make? Yesterday I had kind of an epic day. I was It was very sunny, but I was like, I was determined to cook because I'm leaving for a few days uh, to throw a party for my uh, mother's 70th birthday party. Fab. So I have to prep for that, but I have to go to Milwaukee. Anyway, so I went through the fridge and I like kind of made everything. I made some tzatziki yesterday. Yum! I made uh, a blue cheese, classic blue cheese dip, like buttermilk. Mm. I used Duke's mayonnaise. Hell yeah. I worked for Duke's mayonnaise a few weeks ago and I... Oh. Apparently, it's very. I told a friend from Tennessee. I said, "Oh, I work for this silly little mayonnaise company. I've never heard of called Duke." He's like, "What? You worked for Duke's mayonnaise?" He's like, "That's better than Hellman's." And I said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Whoa, but hey!" The Southerners have different ways of making laws, and they have different. <laughs> <laughs> different Everything fav- is yeah. upside down and right side up. Well, speaking of different ways of making laws in the South, we uh, can turn our attention quickly to the chaos of what was the Alabama uh, the. Abortion yeah. laws, right? Horrifying. And in lieu of that, <laughs> there was a bake sale going on mm-hmm. uh, by, by what's her name? Nat- Natasha Pitskowitz. Pitskowitz. I can never say her last name. She's a, a very well-known regard and very regarded pastry chef here in New York. She works at uh, the Estella Sister Restaurant Cafe Ultra Paradiso. Mm-hmm. I believe she's the pastry chef for the group. Okay, for the whole group. And I went this morning. I thought I'd get an early. St- I was like, watch this. I'm going to hop on my bike. I'll get there right at 11 a.m. They were doing this Planned Parenthood bake sale. It was supposed to be really big this year, obviously. And I got there at 11.05, and I was about 400 people to wait in line. Yeah. Like, I was the last of 400 people. That's crazy. And thank thank goodness for that. And like They're really, going to raise a ton of money. There's so much, I mean, so much more to say on this. I have a little piece that I'd like to end the show, kind of, because it's a little bit somber. So I'm going to c- jump back to this later. But it's awesome that she's doing this, the whole group's doing it, all the participating restaurants. We super salute you. Next year, we'd love to participate. Oh my gosh! Yeah, in case it's you're really awesome. To this Amelia Hall, mm-hmm. our friend from Roberta's. She's here. The, Ber- the lead at Roberta's uh, bread baker. Yeah, she runs the bread program here at this restaurant in this radio station. Sorry, what did you make this week? Uh, I just wanted to uh, oh, yeah, quickly yeah, mention that Amelia made vagina cookies. But- <laughs> 
And Breton I was went like, on Instagram. I said, Amelia there. And she made the strangest shape of cookie. It looked like a slit, <laughs> like an oval slit. And in the middle, there was a uh, red jam. And on the outside, there's a uh, Swiss meringue buttercream that looks like lips. What is that? Uh, it's like well, when you're a kid. Breton, right? I, I'm, I had to sit him down and put him right on my knee. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, that's the that's, vagina. And he and goes, the, you, uh, came, uh, you came out of that. <laughs> Just remember. Oh, man. So um, what did I make this week? Well, sitting in front of you is one thing that I made this week. And there's a funny story attached to it. So I've presented my dear friend Breton with a piece of rhubarb crumb cake. Mm, hold on. Big crumb crumb cake. Now, uh, Jesse and I were talking about the other night um, crumb cake and how delicious it is and when it has a big giant crumb on it. So yesterday I go to the farmer's market, I get some rhubarb, I make this crumb cake, I set it out mm, to cool. It's moist. Thank you. <laughs> it is pretty good, isn't it? Like that cookie. I didn't put cinnamon in it. I know you don't really like cinnamon and baked goods sometimes. So this is a cardamom and like nutmeg kind of crumble topping. Mm. So I lay this out to cool and I kind of like think oh to my myself, gosh. I go, hmm, just one of those passing thoughts. And I find that those passing thoughts are the ones that actually always turn out to be true somehow. It's like you jinx yourself with a passing thought. You have to really concentrate yeah, like, on what, what if I, <laughs> Like what if I really did get fired from this favorite job I have? And then... Exactly. Yes. <laughs> you get the pink slip. <laughs> ding, ding. So... Anyway, I have passing thought, oh, man, because I have squirrels on my back porch. And I'm like, oh, I wonder if a squirrel's going to smell this and try to get in. So I lay down for like a 10-minute nap around like 5 p.m. The, the cake is cooling probably 20 feet from the window. And I hear, and I never nap either. So I, I happened to have napped yesterday. I was tired. Never say never. And I hear, in my kitchen. I was like, what the hell is that? It's, it wakes me from my slumber. So I go into the kitchen, and I find a squirrel has reached its fucking head and arm. It is halfway through my screen, Chew, almost in my... Chewed and clawed. Yeah, they will, they will do that. With two other squirrels behind it, ready to come inside. So if I had waited like 30 more seconds, I would have awoken to a home full of squirrels. Chomping on your, on your rhubarb crumb cake. Eating my rhubarb crumb cake. But anyway, it would have been an even funnier story, but I kept them out. I shut the window, and then this thing proceeded to keep trying to get in. Slamming itself against so the So if everybody wants to know the cure to lure squirrels in, <laughs> it's a rhubarb crumb cake. But it has to have cardamom in yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> no cinnamon. Nope. Squirrels hate cinnamon. They hate cinnamon. So, yeah. Wait, we forgot to mention what we did, our oh, big yeah. event of the week. Please. We forgot we were, first of all, we were very honored. Very um, honored. To have been asked to be, by the way, Zara and I are up for uh, food judges. Mm -hmm. So our third event. So if you'd like us to judge your food your contest we are there for you big small yeah. medium we'll just come to your house and be like your dinner is yeah, yeah. five out of ten <laughs> yeah like uh Aunt Susie's uh, <laughs> I don't know what your meatloaf yeah, yeah. is trash goodbye get it out of here <laughs> you're fired from your own house Uncle Jimmy you're the winner from <laughs> now on your meatballs are the best but so we were uh, invited to for the Red Hook Volunteer Firefighters Association they had a chili cook-off and I have to say not that I wasn't I didn't have any expectation I just didn't I was like oh it's like non-cooks doing thing but I right. found out that that's not true that actually firefighters spend a lot of their time cooking a lot. because they spend a lot of time together and they have a lot of downtime and so a lot of the firefighters were like super pro cooks super pro like more pro than myself I would yeah. dare to say <laughs> a couple of the guys like one guy was on Master Chef it was yeah. on like a TV show I was like whoa you guys are the, and they were so proud of everything they were great and it was so it was the Friends of Firefighters which is a great organization mm -hmm. that does a lot of outreach and support for firefighters that the city what, uh, what the city can provide Friends of Firefighters steps in and I just thought it was such a warm wonderful environment of these really kind people 
diverse group of people, oh different God, ages, so, yeah, yeah. races, genders, everything. It was really like a cool, a, a wonderful kind of thing to see. And there was kids and families and everyone was just seemed heartfelt and happy. It was great. Extreme positivity. A chili cook-off and man, man, did we have some good chili. The green one won. Yeah, there was a chili of chili verde, which is very common in Colorado and Utah and New Mexico, all that. It's like, you know, green chili, everybody in Colorado. So when I was in, lived in Colorado, that was kind of a new thing for me. So I was like, oh my God, yeah. it was really nice to have a taste of the old West. Yeah, it was really good. So big ups to all the firefighters and to firefighters in general. I feel like they're just the, the bravest people that we have around. Just yeah, thank- I mean... Selflessly throwing themselves into literally burning buildings. And large and strapping men. Yeah. And just going <laughs> to throw that out <laughs> there. Kind of easy on the eyes. Yeah. If you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Right now. Hey, call me. Yeah. I'm a clown. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Brett and I are drinking uh, orange drinks right now with yes. orange juice. I don't, neither of us really like what we're drinking, but we're doing it because. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, in case you haven't guessed the name of the show this week is Tequila. Tequila. Now, this is where I come in and tell you. I'm sorry. Tequila has such a strong emotional threshold for or a reaction, right? We could have, we think of tequila, we think of we think of drinking. Sorry. Like vomiting from Cuervo Gold. Uh, salt licks on your hand, mm-hmm. lime squeezes, too many late nights. Uh, but of course, the tequila industry in the United States, anyway, has, uh, I guess, upped its ante. And now there's such celebrities like George Clooney pawning his. Oh, yes. His uh, form, right? He sold it, so it doesn't even matter. I'm not even going to mention the name because. Yeah, Casadores. No, Casadores is the one we used to do shots of. Oh, <laughs> perfect. See? Yeah, tequila. Exactly. Tequila, so anyway, you ruined my life. Uh, we've went beyond the world of Jose Cuervo. We've gone to Patron, and now Patron's uncool. Then it was Don Julio, and Don yeah. Julio's uncool. Um, you can always know by the the mentioning of certain rap songs. They always name the, te- the popular yes, tequila. the popular the tequila. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, so now there's like Casa Dragones. That's like a big expensive one now. Casa Amigos was George Clooney's. House Amigos. Or ER, ER, ER the tequila. ER, the tequila. <laughs> so tequila is from the country of Mexico and specifically uh, near the state um, of both Jalisco and Guadalajara. There's actually a, a city called Tequila. And th- here's a little factoid that tequilas are mezcals, but mezcals aren't tequila. Because what? tequila is a whoa, tequila is a type of mezcal. Tequila is made specifically from the blue agave plant, and those are kind of like the big. They look like giant aloe vera cactuses, and then mm. the fruit is called the piña, which kind of looks like a pineapple. And much of the harvesting of the agave plants is still done by human labor and not wow. not like you know high-end factory farm machinery. So this is a very laborious practice. It's it's very very it's pretty old in terms of spirits. And here's what apparently what happened. There was uh, some kind of drink that they used to have called pulche or something. And then uh, during like mid 1600s, during the time when S- Spanish conquistadores came over, right? Mm-hmm. And pillaged the cities and were like, this is ours now. Yes. Um, apparently Perfect. they ran out of brandy and they used this particular process they started fermenting and distilling their own liquor out of what they had there. And in this case was, and that's sort of how tequila may or may not have been born. Really? Mm -hmm. And then it was about a hundred years later, then they started to, you know, actually make tequila and 
and started around, you know, like 17, 1800, yeah. you know, mid, then they were like, oh, this is another type of liquor, liquor totally. right? So, and then it was, of course, exported and yada, 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 margaritaville. Wasting away in a margarita. And Jimmy Buffett is now making <laughs> billions of dollars off of... <laughs> Jimmy Buffett, the yeah. Jimmy Buffett 2020. And now, uh, okay, sorry to, to interrupt myself. Go ahead. Oh. Were you going to say something? <laughs> no, I was just going to mention how Jimmy Buffett will probably be president because, you yeah. know, the world is a flaming hot garbage pile. But yeah. no, go ahead, please. <laughs> yes, it <laughs> kind of is, actually. Uh, but the one question that people always ask when, and I used to bartend, is like, oh, the tequilas, what's the difference between the the Blanco, the Silver, and the Reposado, and the Añejo? Very good question. It's Thank a very you. good question, Very Mister. good question. I forget sometimes, too. So, Silver, or Blanco, is just the pure expression of the Gave plant. This type of tequila, after it's been distilled, can be aged in a variety of, you know, of it can be like stainless steel, it can be in white oak. Uh, which is traditional for tequila, uh, but it is not aged. So that's the whole point. Oh. That's just sort of, it goes right from there to the cask and then Fresh uh, off so the less, press. basically less than two months. Now, reposado is the next level, and those are usually kind of slightly ambery looking, and mm -hmm. those are tequilas that are, the word means rested, reposado, right? Oh. So it is a minimum of two months and no more than one year. That, this is like Mexico law, so don't. Right, it's like the DOC, like. Exactly. Like don't wine or anything else. Don't fuck with the Mexican law. Yeah. Right. So, and then after that, it becomes their third category, which is called añejo, mm -hmm. which means old, aged, whatever. Uh, and that is uh, a minimum of one year, and apparently no more than three years. And I think in 2006 they made it the the tequila masters of Mexico, <laughs> as I call them, <laughs> uh, made a extra añejo category. So there's technically right. four, and that's more than three years. Okay. Uh, so I guess to make a long story short is that there's just, if you like a clean taste, go with the, with the Blanco. And then of course the Añejo, it, it, they're aged in white oak. So it, right. it sort of takes on the characteristics that whiskey would yeah, take on. Totally. And that's why they're darker and they have like vanilla flavors. I like the, I like Blancos. I like Blancos too and Reposados. So you're saying like, if you want to just have something kind of really like entry level, but easy to drink, you'd go with the Blanco. If you want to like sleep with a stranger, in the back of a pickup truck, you'd go with like an extra añejo. And if you want to meet the man of your dreams that owns a yacht and is a trader, drink champagne. Yeah. <laughs> be a clown and <laughs> be a clown for his child's birthday party. And Yay! drink añejo. Yeah. So oh, there we go. That's funny. But yeah, that's basically funny. so those in terms I mean, we could go again, tequila could have its I think they do have their own podcast. And yeah, there's a lot of like, you know, the distillation process and the alcohol process and the flavors that they use, but and there's a really you know, again, mezcals are really popular right now and they are similar but not the same as tequila. Right. Uh, so just just to get this clear, we yeah. are we're talking about tequila here. This is the tequila show, Mezcal, see your way out, please. Mm -hmm. Use the back door. So, uh, should we take a quick break and hear from I our sponsors? Think we should quick take a break because I'm going to slam a couple shots and okay, we'll get back at th after these messages. Okay, bye. This episode is brought to you by Tillit, the style leader in hotel and restaurant uniforms. Tillit is redefining workwear for the hospitality industry, ensuring that you and your team feel great from stove to street. Tillit is a full line of workwear clothing from pants to work shirts, chef aprons, jackets, dresses, chef coats, and more, with over 95% of their garments produced in the USA. 
Each hotel and chefware collection is timed with the seasons, comprised of exceptional functional fabrics and built to last. Custom uniforms can be tailored for your restaurant, hotel, or store. Learn more at tillitnyc.com. That's T-I-L-I-T-N-Y-C.com. Are you enjoying this podcast? Heritage Radio Network has plenty more. I'm Patrick Martins. I'm Brandon Hoy. And I'm Emily Pearson. Together we host The Main Course OG, where we cover food news and culture. Browse episodes of The Main Course OG wherever you listen to podcasts and on heritageradionetwork.org. And they're back. Oh my God. The gruesome twosome. Well, I went to grab a bottle of tequila here in the studio and they're all empty. What about that Don Julio? It's empty. What is it doing there? Don Julio Reposado. Uh, excuse me. May, uh, room service. Yes. This is unacceptable. We have empty bottles at the bar here at Heritage Radio. We are... Didn't we put in our rider that we need all full bottles of liquor? Yeah. Well, I think somebody drank it all. Somebody's getting fired. Matt. Jeet. Somebody. Somebody explain themselves. So anyway... My topic for today is uh, a drink that we are drinking right now, which I never drink, mostly because I'm not a fan of orange juice. Yeah, that's right. I said to people, I don't like orange juice. Call me. We're not going to talk about the typical drink margarita because we all know what that is. Right. A margarita. Um, although, did you know that apparently the margarita came from a drink called the Daisy? No. Did you hear about this? I didn't. Can it you was tell like me? lime, it and I don't know. There was. A, I just was doing some research, and it's a very similar drink, and then. I don't know, somebody changed it. Margarita means Daisy. It doesn't have an interesting story. That's the word. Like, that's the... Right, right. So they just copied the drink and huh. put tequila in it, and they're like, yay. I love a margarita. It may be my number one favorite drink. And a this, lot of people see yeah. What we're drinking right now may be my number, like, 150. I really don't like it. There's grenadine. So this recipe that so we're, we're super So pa- <laughs> we're super passionate about yeah, this story. Yeah, this is a great story. No, actually, it is a great story. It's pretty <laughs> fun. It, it takes a lot of twists and turns. So the... The drink as we know it today, which was created in the 70s, I'll get back to that in a second, is tequila, OJ, grenadine, and garnished with a cherry and a lime. The tequila sunrise. I think of uh, Caribbean cruises. I think of... Uh, Jimmy Buffett for president? Jimmy Buffett. Jimmy Buffett for president <laughs> 2024. I think... Uh, yeah. lots I think of, of lots of blonde women with fake blonde hair. Totally. And just enjoying themselves on a... Absolutely. A bunch of cornballs who like go to Jamaica or like Cancun, but they like don't like experience any of the culture. They kind of just stay right in the resort and they're all wearing those like weird Crocs. You know, I bartended for many years on and off. And I think, you know, even in the last 10 years, there was a specific type of person, like one out of every 400 customers would ask for a tequila sunrise. And I'd always be like, um, Uh, like, Red, yeah, plank. red, orange, and tequila. I was like, and I would put whatever like was available, and nobody <laughs> knew did. or cared the difference. Like, that's funny. That's like when I used to bartend <clears throat> at Black Door. Uh, people would come in and ask for crazy things. Like, Let me get a four horsemen of the apocalypse, or like a, <laughs> a buttery back of my knee. And I'm like, perfect. And I would just hand them a shot of Jameson, like anything that wasn't a pure shot. Like if someone asked me for like a, a slippery ding dong, I was like, great, here you go. Here's your slippery ding dong. They're like, this is just whiskey. I, like, I asked for a slippery nipple, yeah. but like it's like the same this thing, but it has it aged. <laughs> <laughs> this is our version. Yeah, it's just Jameson. That's going to be twenty five dollars. Thank Hi, you. I'll have the voluptuous <laughs> Volvo, please. Please write in with your favorite weird shots. Um, okay, so the history of the 
uh, Tequila Sunrise is actually pretty interesting. So the original oh, drink, which was co- co- concocted in the 1930s, there's two different origin stories. One says that it was co- uh, concocted at the Arizona Biltmore Hotel and created by a gentleman by the name of Gene. I'm sorry, but his name is like Slut It. Okay. Okay. James Gene <laughs> Slut It. <laughs> Also, I got all my information from Wikipedia and Tales of the Cocktails. So take it up with them. And the original recipe actually sounds delicious. It was tequila, cassis, lime juice, and soda water. Wait, why aren't we making those more often? No clue. I don't know why. I mean, I do know why. Actually, I'll tell you in a second why. The second uh, theory of where it came from is that it was invented at the Agua Caliente, a huge Prohibition-era resort in Tijuana, where, quote, it was a place where people from Southern California could go drink, gamble, bet on the horses, have a, a bet on the track, a hotel, a casino, all the Hollywood people would fly down there. Oh, my God. How fabulous. Can you picture it? Clark Gable on a horse drinking a, a Wait, tequila sunrise. Wait, how come they didn't have airplanes in the 1920s? 40s. Oh, 40s. Yes, 40s. Aviation was all the rage. Maybe you'd take the train. Perhaps you'd go in a buggy. That's like what we're going to have in 20 more years. We're like, we're just flying into space. Have you heard of SpaceX? (laughs) Have you heard of my portable wings? You just like take flight like... Yeah, it's gonna it's happening, folks. I'll be dead by then for sure. So anyway, uh, very glamorous beginnings. I think of like Prohibition era uh, hotels just sounds so cool. But I guess we were right. Prohibition was in the 30s. In the 20s. In the 20s. Yeah, I just told... Something's wrong about the Tales of the Cocktail. Call us. Sorry to... You're on blast. (laughs) Anyway, you get the point. It was a Maybe they just didn't fly. Maybe they just went down there. It's not far from California. Yeah, I I, I didn't say fly. Oh, you just... Okay. That's the whole problem. You weren't listening. (laughs) All right, well... (laughs) This podcast is live, and this I shall be, and I will go back and rewind and listen to that. <laughs> and if I'm wrong, so be it. I hate Brendan and Zara. They don't know anything. Um, all right, so listen, people, let's get back on track here. So the more ver- more more modern version of the cocktail was created in the 1970s by Bobby Lozoff and Billy Rice. Uh, they were working at the Trident in Sausalito, California, which is just north of San Francisco. Ever heard of it? Yes. yes. So think cheesy 70s bartenders. Everyone is wearing we're brown gonna, We're going to make something real big. We're going to make something <laughs> real big. It's going to change the world. So they do make it. And then there was a private party at the Trident organized by Bill Graham, not to be confused with Matt, uh, Uber preacher uh, Billy Graham. But Bill Graham, who was a guy who would organize concerts a lot in the 70s, so he throws this huge party to kick off the Rolling Stones' um, Exile on Main Street tour. And Classic. Mick Jagger has one of the tequila sun- sunrises that we're drinking right now, the OJ grenadine version, mm-hmm. and becomes obsessed with it. And they order As he, them after his sixth uh, rail of cocaine. Well, was like, yes, this is really like, good. This is the most goddamn delicious drink it's I've ever. <laughs> That's Australian. Yeah. Oh, I can't even <laughs> sweep in my chimney. Whoops. <laughs> whoops. That's a cagney. Oh, whoops. Okay. Oh my god, I'm gonna pee. Okay. So anyway. They order them. It becomes the cocktail of the tour, of the Exile on Main Street tour. They order them all across the country uh, as they Every go through America. Every hotel we would like to walk into like, exactly. past trays of tequila cocaine sunrises. Cocaine and tequila sunrise. So it becomes known as the cocaine and tequila sunrise tour. Oh, my God. Yeah, Can they you are imagine? butt-chugging tequila sunrises. The purest of Colombian cocaine in the 1970s. Can you imagine, honestly, how much fun that must have been like to be a fly on the wall? Numbed face. Your hangovers weren't as bad, I don't think, back then. No, absolutely not. To be a, a rolled-up dollar Con- bill in the nose. Condoms weren't <laughs> even, like, 
a part of lifestyle. Those. Yeah, they're like, what are those? Exactly. No, it must have been really amazing. So in 1973, Jose Cuervo picked up on the drink and started marketing it and put the recipe on the back of all of their bottles. And then in that same year, uh, the Eagles recorded on their Desperado album a song that was called Tequila Sunrise. I have a little, a few of the lyrics here for you. Take another shot of courage. Wonder why the right words never come. You just get numb. It's another tequila sunrise. This old world still looks the same. Another frame. Wow. That's not the melody. I've never heard the song. I'm paraphrasing. I felt a very uh, deep emotion. Yeah, exactly. I just had a desperado. Do you ever see that Seinfeld where like Elaine's dating the guy and his song is Desperado and every time it comes in, he's like, shh. And he just needs to like, listen to it alone. <laughs> Miss that. Yeah. Well, go look it up, people. So anyway, the 19s and se- 1970s and 80s were a terrible time for cocktails. They were all very sweet. And a lot of people mm-hmm. argue, as I was reading the tales of the cocktail in this article, that it almost destroyed cocktail culture in America altogether. Because until thank God for the Cosmo. Thank <laughs> the Lord. Am I right, ladies? How about a mudslide? Um, so anyway, also, this ties back to our... A brief uh, for any like listeners who are really paying attention. You'll remember last week I mentioned Hollywood uh, America sweetheart Raul Julia, whose eyeball had fallen out in an yes, interview. Yes, I do recall that with Geraldo Rivera, um, and then he ate it like a pug. Anyway, here he is again. So, in the eighties, a movie was made called Tequila Sunrise. This is a synopsis: In a seaside California town, best friends Mac, Mel Gibson, and Nick played by Kurt Russell, are on opposite sides of the law. Mac is a former drug dealer trying to clean up his act, while Nick is a high-profile detective trying to take down a Mexican drug lord named Carlos, played by none other than the one-eyed wonder, Raul Julia. Soon, Nick's loyalties are put to the test when he begins an affair with restaurateur Joanne, played by none other than, guess who, America's sweetheart, Michelle Pfeiffer. Course. A love interest of Max, unwittingly leading his friend into a police orchestrated trap. This is Tequila Sunrise. Dun dun. What's that? The movie? Yeah, it's the movie. There's a movie called Tequila Sunrise. Yeah, that's what I just fucking said. I am <laughs> sorry, I lost track. There were so many characters and I got confused. There was a movie in the 80s called Tequila Sunrise starring Raul Julia, which I thought was very interesting since I had so randomly mentioned him last week as uh, the well, father it, in the Adam's So family. as you can see, this drink was powerful. It had a lot of it had a lot of uh, pull and swag. Honestly, for a drink that I think I, it has a lot of sugar, it has, it's disgusting. I can't stand it. Well, let's talk really briefly about other drinks. I mean, obviously, there's the margarita, which I think is pure, simpler, and never heard of it. Better, yeah, me neither. Apparently, they have them in every corner bar. Uh, but a margarita does it traditionally have triple sec in it? Is it supposed? I can't remember well, the recipe. Uh, Cointreau. Cointreau. Uh, which is a triple sec, which is, you know, the orange liqueur. Don't get the cheap stuff because it makes it taste cheap. Yeah, I so mean, if, when you have triple sec, then it tastes, that's like a shitty margarita. Yeah, Better yeah. as Cointreau, the best would be Grand Marnier. Exactly. Well, I don't actually don't like Grand Marnier much really? because it's aged in oak and it has mm-hmm. a, mm-hmm. it actually kind of takes over the tequila. I've found, yeah. I mean, they're no. both, both high quality. It's a different flavor. It is a Not different bad flavor. or worse. Just There's different. actually a very interesting thing called um, Salerno. You know Salerno? It's that blood orange liqueur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From like Sicily. That is very good in a margarita. It is. It's not as, I don't think it's as sugary, which yeah. I guess is the key. I think people think of when they have a margarita, it's supposed to be sugary, but I actually don't even put sugar in mine. Really? Especially when you use the liqueur because right. it is sweet. So yeah. why would you add more sugar? I like a well-balanced margarita. Just no grapefruit. 
if you put orange juice in a margarita, I just want to say this right now to Marty. everybody that is listening. I do not want to be your friend. I don't want to drink your drink. And I don't want to have anything to do with you ever again. Wow. Well, make sure you know. Don't do it. It's well, really funny, actually. On uh, FOH, I was listening to their show a couple weeks ago, and somebody had put... That's another podcast, by Yes. The way. Who the girls may or may not be a special guest on our show coming up. But um, Lillian was saying that there was a guy who put some orange juice in her gimlet, and terror ensued. Also, wow. don't put orange juice in a gimlet, and it's keel gimlet. That, yeah, that's It doesn't strange. belong there either. So, what are some ways on our Chef Recommends this week, Brett and Scott, mm-hmm. or Scott Breton, however you pronounce it? Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Breton? <laughs> Breton? Question mark. Um, how are some ways that you would use tequila at home that are maybe, you know, for cleaning, for washing your hair, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like alternate ways? Butt chugging, etc. Yeah. besides that. Well, in my flask, which you'll often find backpack at all times uh oh my gosh i forgot i went to the bjork concert which she put on opera not to interject and talk about me but let's talk about me and i went to the bjork concert was front row center i could touch her she was three feet away from me it's amazing and i didn't know what to do because i brought a tequila flask Mm -hmm. and i before she came on stage obviously she's right in front of me and i'm like i think she would have taken a sip though because she Probably. encouraged me to dance. Not me, but she was like right in front. She's like, and if anybody wants to dance to this last song, please feel free. I don't want to inhibit you. But I'm like, but then I was like, would that be kind of weird if the guy in the front row that was 36 inches from Bjork started? I would be almost as her stage was only two feet higher than my seat. Right. So if I started dancing on stage, I feel like she was going to, she would have asked me to come of up course, on stage. Of course, I mean, look at her hair. I, I got too scared. I was fucking I was like it was too intimidating and then someone in the crowd who like was an arch nemesis arch nemesis of yours would looked up and gone Breton and I'm like (laughs) dancing anyway sorry to make a long story short tequila other uses besides just to put in your margarita or your or your gullet in a flask so I love one of my very old favorite recipes uh, which I've mentioned from a restaurant in Chicago, I used to work at called Salpicon, which is closed, owned by this woman named Priscilla Sackhoff, who lives in Mexico now. She used to have this tequila lime sorbet with serrano mm. chilies, right? So tequila lime sorbet is very easy to make because when you add booze to sorbet, you don't have to worry. It doesn't freeze as thick, so it right. kind of maintains that nice slushy texture. So you, know, you get some water, you get some lime juice, proportions and ratios to be... Uh, put up uh, on Google, not by me, and <laughs> and some sugar, and then you just add some tequila, and you can even add some Cointreau. And then you churn that, and then right before you put it in the freezer, you stir in some serrano chilies, and you let that sit, and Ooh. it's like the cleanest, hottest. And whenever oh. I have a frozen uh, dessert that has something heat, you know, like a, a chili in it, mm-hmm. you have to keep eating it because yeah. it's so hot, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great way. And then another thing that I looked up um, was... Uh, to cure salmon or tuna with some tequila. And you can do this, a lot of people, right, you've heard of like a whiskey-aged beef. Right, or like Gravlox. Gravlox, right? If you throw like a tablespoon or two of tequila in there with the Mm. bag, you let it marinate overnight, 24 hours, 48 max, whatever, uh, you could have that flavor of tequila imparted. And I would use a Blanco because you want that pure, clean flavor. Yeah. And then use that with your next like tuna ceviche tacos right yeah yeah that sounds delicious, delicious. those were my two ways what about you uh well so at brucey we used to do a lot of plays on things that were cocktail inspired 
So we would do like Negroni braised oh, pig's yeah, head that's right. or yeah, yeah. Negroni short ribs and it would be like the things were braised. So we did the same thing uh, a couple times with like, I think we did like braised pork and it was like margarita pork. So because pork Yum. takes well yeah, to yeah. having like sweet and savory. So if I remember correctly, I think we use like green grapes as like the kind of sweet thing. Yeah, pork shoulder, yeah. tequila, lime, lots of orange. Mm, um, that sounds good. Uh, what? Quantra. Orange. Orange zest. Okay. Okay. Well, apparently uh, <laughs> you don't ever want to know yourself. Uh, orange zest. <laughs> sounds like you're running away from yourself. That's true. I hate myself. That's why I put the orange I'm in looking there. Looking at the woman in, in the mirror. We can't sing that anymore. That's not okay. Says who? Some fake documentary makers? I don't believe that. <laughs> oh my god! I don't believe it. I don't care. They, Go ahead. Email us. Okay, fine. Let's move away from Michael yeah, Jackson yeah. for a moment and go on to our top three. Now, we had brevi- uh, previously said we would do our top three this week about top three favorite things with tequila in it, but I actually have a, a question. Do you want to yeah, do yeah. our top three favorite places to get a tequila drink? Maybe yeah, sure. Or maybe like our top three. I We can even do different ones. Why don't I do my top three favorite tequilas? Yes. And I'll give you, because I've drank a lot, and I used to work at a tequila Perfect. bar, and I used to black, get blackout drunk for four years on tequila. Great. And I don't remember which ones I had, so there's no perfect person to tell you the best and worst tequilas. Totally. And also, I've had the most expensive ones, obviously, for yeah. free. Uh, duh. <laughs> yeah, at all of the jobs that no longer let me come back and work <laughs> for them, because I earn my wages basically in tequila. Okay. Uh, top three favorite tequilas. Okay. Now, there's a lot of different tequilas and a lot of different budgets out there. Um, and there's a bottle and a price for everyone. Uh, probably right now, and I'm trying to think of things that are really easy to get around America or mm-hmm. maybe even a different country. Uh, I like for like regular margarita making, even for sipping, like in Mexico, they just take a little shot and you just sip your tequila, right? So right. I do that. I get Casadores Blanco. Mm-hmm. Love it. It's 27 bucks a bottle. Um, or my next one is Aerodora Silver. And you can get that in a one liter bottle for around 30, 32 bucks. Okay. It'll last you a while. It's really clean. It has a really, it makes a really nice, clean, like wonderful, tasty margarita. Uh, and you can also put it in your flask and have four shots in the front row of a beer concert. Perfect. While security <laughs> stares at you and you have to convince them <laughs> not to kick you out. Uh, my second, and that's kind of like my top bang for the buck, right? Next one, I love, there's one called Chinaco. Chinaco is in the kind of this funny oval bottle. And it's Chinaco Reposado. It's there's three level. You know, there's the Blanco, the Reposado, and Yeho. I love the middle one, the Reposado. I don't know what it is. It makes a wonderful margarita. It's super yeah. smooth. It's divine. It's a little bit more expensive at like forty or forty five. And then I love another one called Casa Noble Cristal. And I've seen that in places such as Salt Lake City. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why. I just like. <laughs> In, well, in the Mormon mecca of the United States. <laughs> so the favorite of there. Mormons. Uh, but uh, Casa Noble Cristal is probably 35 40 bucks a bottle. Uh-huh. Again, like a little bit more expensive. It's not going to, you know, at the average cost of a cocktail these days in the United States at $16, you can buy a $35 bottle sure. and, and, you know, $40 bottle. Um, so those are my three favorites. Okay. And again, I'm sure I'll have lots of people like, wait, you didn't even mention, like, you didn't talk about, you didn't, like, have an Añejo. I don't, like, I don't love Añejos. I think they taste too much like whiskey, and I just, yeah, I want to, yeah. This is your podcast. Yeah. You can so, say whatever you want. There you go. I just said it. Influencer with 
Yeah, take that, Dad. Less than 100,000 followers on Instagram, but I can still influence. (laughs) You're influencing me. I'm a true influencer. And our two mothers who are the only people listening to this. (laughs) Moms, are you influenced My my mom's like, now who is tequila? (laughs) Okay, go (laughs) And my mom's like already drunk. Yeah. (laughs) Just kidding, Bobby. Um, Okay, so I'm going to say my top three margaritas around town that I love. There you go. That are the most delicious. Oh, this is a good thing to know. I know. So... My number three is at a place called Barrio Chino. Has anyone mm, ever been there? Been there, yeah. It means like, what, Chinese neighborhood? Mm-hmm. Okay. Barrio Chino is like an old school place. It's been there forever. It's in the uh, Lower East Lower Side, side yeah. Manhattan. Very small. Just like a, a staple. I haven't been there in years. And it's supposed to be kind of a take on the... the <laughs> there was a thing in New York, and Chinese restaurants used to like disguise themselves as like Tex-Mex. Oh, I didn't Remember know that. that? Back, yeah, back in like the 70s. And so you would be like, oh my God. They'd be like, quesadilla. And that was the whole point. And then you would go to this little Chinese restaurant that was a Mexican, quote unquote, before New York had Mexican restaurants. Right. And you would walk in and you'd be like, I'll have the quesadilla. But it was like a rice, <laughs> it's like a rice crepe <laughs> filled with like canned beans and then like sriracha. <laughs> what? You've, oh my God. There's, that All right, was we have the to whole, look this up. It's, they're still around. That's absolutely amazing. Okay, so I think that was so it's Barrio Chino. Love Barrio Chino. Kind of a take on that. Um, a new favorite that I actually ha- I went to the other a uh, couple months ago that I've really been liking, Oxamoco. Oh, yes. In, in Greenpoint. Green yes. Really tasty. Very hip, very trendy right very now. Very hip and trendy, but I have to say they back it up. The food is good and the drinks were very delicious. I haven't been. I looked at the guacamole was $17 and I refused to go uh, unless I get a comp meal. Yeah, so if anyone, know, any millionaires out there looking for a strapping young blonde gentleman to take on a date, uh, <laughs> Brent wants to go to Oxmoco and have two orders of $17 I just feel guacamole. like you should just get guacamole. I have, you should, it should be five bucks. Well, I know that sounds sure, weird. Sure, but, you know, it, it is what it money. is. I'm already over praying for, pro- for cocktails. Like, give me the guacamole. Yeah, it's very, it was very good. So the guacamole is delicious. Their drinks are beautiful. They have really fun frozen margaritas. Um... And then my number one favorite, mm. fro- also a frozen marg, the Commodore, obviously. The Commodore, Always and yes. for mother freaking ever. I just heard on a different podcast. Commodore and Williamsburg. Uh, yeah, that the frozen margarita mm-hmm. was invented apparently by wearing, I don't know if it was invented by wearing blenders, but wearing blender did this as part of one of their marketing things for mm-hmm. their blender. Oh, wow. And they can, took the margarita and said, if you put it in this and like, and that's how wow. that was born. I don't know if that's true or false. Did um, they blend the glass? I'm picturing that was the whole I thing. was listening to that on Molly Weisenberg's podcast. It's kind of funny now in our world of media, we have a giant game of tele of telephone, and that's why like this whole fake news thing. Because you're like, totally. well, I heard on a podcast, and that person could have made that up. Oh yeah, this I is may, total I might be making bullshit. up stories. I've never even seen it. Tequila is fake. I just made. The, I had a fever dream about this. My last name's night. not Breton, and this is not Zara. <laughs> and if you're taking mushrooms, this is not a podcast. Yeah, you're not even. You're dead. Yeah, you're all dead. My friend Raphael used to say, "We are. We are all already dead." Well, I love frozen margaritas, dead or alive, and I'm dead serious about that. Well, I'm deadpan <laughs> on this fucking chinaco reposado. I'm telling you, I want to. <laughs> Cool, we gotta get some of that in. So I just wanted to, like, as you were mentioning earlier in the uh, show yes, you had a, about Planned Parenthood, I feel like since we do have this uh, little bit of a voice and a small platform to say something, um, you know, I'm sure most people listening to the show on Heritage Radio of all places are pretty much like-minded. But if you're not, um, I just wanted to mention that I think I, I was reading something the other day and I, this point really resonated with me. Um, clearly we stand for choice and women's rights and human rights here, it's very easy to protect the unborn. They're not really real yet. And 
like these are the same people, obviously, who are not really caring so much about a lot of other issues of people who are already alive, right? Healthcare, um, you know, incarcerated people's rights, trans rights, LGBTQ issues. These are a lot of people who are so for life that don't really care about people who are already alive. And to that, just again, it's very easy to protect people who are un- unborn. It takes a lot more to look inside of yourself and figure out how to actually help people who are already here on Earth because that takes actually like going outside of your your own comfort zone mm-hmm. of making any kind of change in your life, of lending a hand or money or anything to help actual real people. Do you think... I have a weird question. Yeah. Do you think if we... You know how in other countries when they're like, oh gosh, if you get caught stealing, then you get your hand, the first time you get your hand chopped off. And then of course some unlucky people get their hand chopped off and then it sends a signal and the rest of us are like, no, 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 really. Like don't steal that pack of gum because you will not have a hand. And so then fear is really distilled inside of us. If you, what if we started like chopping off dicks? Penises? And then like that sent the message, be like, no, 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 no. Right. Do you understand? Like as soon as this is done, you're going to get caught, especially now because of iPhones. You mean with like rapists? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. should we just start chopping off wieners sure. and then be like, yeah, I'm, I'm so sorry. That's fine. We could just chop them off no matter what, just as soon as a baby's born to avoid any further complication down the line. Yeah. Game of Thrones. I yeah. mean, they chop off a lot of dicks there. Totally. Perfect. It happens. Everyone, but, your dicks were So that's like you. a way to, before, you know, let's, before we talk about abortion, this, like, you know, right. oh, and then. I don't know, man. Anyway, what a crazy, what a crazy, what a crazy time. But I think it's just important to remember that like, you know, we, we all have within us, whether it's this issue or another issue, we have a voice and we have in this country choice and we have and choice is something that should really be appreciated because it goes for everyone. Right. So pro choice is just a, a extension of everyone's right to be a free person and to like live their lives in a way you only get this one little bit of time. Exactly. Having an abortion is a horrible thing. I had one. It was terrible. It was really difficult and nobody just does it for fun. So respect the women around you in your life and trans women and non-conforming women and men and just respect human beings and their mm-hmm. right to exist and do what you can donate to different places, donate your time, donate your money, your efforts, your good intentions text someone you know who's had an abortion, text your mom, whatever. Just do something to participate because this is very serious human rights violations and we need to be serious about it. Um, that being said... We also have the choice to have a different tequila. We have a And we have the choice to, to drink, drink responsibly. We Because I forgot to mention that. should do that. Yes. Oh, that's true. That's an Drink that's responsibly. Next, <laughs> we'll talk about that during our sobriety session of the next three years. Totally. So thanks for uh, listening to that. More, I know we're really silly and hilarious on this show most of the time, but you know, every once and then we have to lay it down for realsies. Um, I hope everybody enjoyed this episode and you're drunk and happy and That's full. right. And just remember, if you make it to Kiel Sunrise, do it the old school. <laughs> I don't know what else to tell uh, yeah. you. If you make it to Kiel, tune in next week to find out the answer to those questions and more here only on Life's Banquet on Heritage Radio Network. Brett and Scott signing off. Hasta la pasta. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. 
and we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.